reflection and prayer. Um, Aesop's fable, one of them says, uh, a chance of honey, chance to spill upon the windowsill in many a viscous pool and rill. Some flies came by, attracted by the sweet. Um, they so, then they so greedily started to eat and smeared their fragile wings and feet. They tried to pull away in vain and gasp to get away again and died in aromatic pain. The moral is, oh foolish creatures that destroy their lives with transitory joy. The opposite of this was my life verse that I've tried to cling to, and that is in Daniel 1.8, and that is um, Daniel purposed or committed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat, eat of the king's meat, and drink of the king's wine. And we'll come back to this a little later because it's part of my testimony. And, but first of all, I want to just say how um, impressed I have been with the students I've met at the Bible College here and that uh, out at our church and even in the school here and some of our, our two interns, uh, Alan and Nate, um, um, you guys just seem to be very mature in your faith. Um, I had a little part of the Bible College as I was on the board of the Bible College a number of years ago when the Bible College was smaller, and when I left, the Bible College really started to grow. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, one of the credits I have at this when I was on the board, we had the opportunity to, to hire Gail and Mary Heidi, and I have a tremendous respect for that couple. And uh, Gail, and along with the, many of the other teachers here, Scott and others, have, uh, could teach at any Bible college in the United States, but they've chosen to come here and give, invest their lives in you, and, uh, and I think you're getting a really class education here. And you've you're been given the tools, or getting the tools, to, um, to serve God, uh, both the spiritual and academic ones, to have an influence in whatever sphere God puts you in. And uh, part of my testimony today is, has to do with Bible college graduates and the importance that they've had on my life. And uh, probably one of the biggest impacts in my life was a guy who was a, a rancher, a ranch kid from Decker, Montana. And... Uh, he accepted the Lord. His name was Hayden Porter, and he went to uh, Moody Bible Institute. And after Moody Bible Institute, he came back to Montana State University to, um, to major in range science, and he was also part of the rodeo team here as a roper. And uh, coming back to Montana State, he also wanted to be involved in a church coming from a Bible college and uh, wanted to really pastor in a small church. Well, ours was a very small church of about 15 people out of Dry Creek at the time, pot-bellied stove in the corner, and one little building that's been there for over 100 years. And uh, he wanted a small country church. We were desperately needing a pastor, and to have a pastor that graduated from a Bible college was like, uh, it was like perfect. So it was a good fit. And Hayden and Nancy poured themselves into our lives started a fledgling youth group there, maybe half a dozen, six, eight kids, and uh, invested themselves in, in our lives and in my life. And I remember Hayden trying to teach me the rudimentary uh, um, skills of roping calves, which I didn't take to very well. 
He also took me to some of the rodeo, college rodeo meets, and it was like, wow, I'm big stuff by going to those meets. And because he invested in my life, I, uh, I listened to him quite a bit. And, uh, and interestingly enough, that was like 56 years ago. I was in junior high. See, I wasn't 52. Uh, you can do the math there. But uh, uh, he came to our church, and I was talking with my sister this morning, and we were trying to remember some of the sermons that he preached 56, 57 years ago, and we remembered a lot of his sermons, which was just absolutely amazing because he was really a part of us and tried to invest in us. And uh, one of the sermons that he preached had a profound impact on my life, and that was the one from Daniel. He was preaching through Daniel and started in Daniel 1. Uh, and I'm going to just read a little bit from Daniel. It's, I'm not going to preach or anything. I'm just going to how this, tell you how this fit into my, my life. And uh, it said, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. And if you remember, this was predicted back in 2 Kings when Hezekiah, the Babylonians, 90 years before this, came down and, and, and Hezekiah took him down to the temple and showed him everything. And Isaiah said, He said, when did these men say, and where did they come from? From a distant land, Hezekiah replied, they came from Babylon. The prophet asked, what did they see in your palace? They saw everything in my palace. There is nothing among my treasures that I did not show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all that is your fathers have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord, and some of your descendants and your own flesh and your blood that will be born, they will be taken away. So 90 years before that, he had brought the envoys from Babylon down there, and as all good gold stories go, they remembered it and said, oh, remember what our grandkids said? There's a lot of gold down in the temple house there. So they came at this time, and the important thing is, in verse 2 it says, the Lord delivered Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand. And it wasn't, I'm sure Nebuchadnezzar thought he was doing it, but the Lord had a plan here. And he delivered um, Jehoiakim and Judah into, into his hand. And they carried those temple articles off. And you remember, and it's a great story, and I won't go into it because I love Daniel and the story of Daniel, but um, you remember later those same temple vessels were brought up in a very blasphemous way to, um, as Belshazzar uh, lifted them up and... Uh, and I was actually cursing God through it. And, but anyway, the treasures, uh, the monetary treasures were not the only thing. The, the cups and the silver cups and the gold cups of the temple. But there was also the, the human capital. And that is what I'm going to talk about a little bit. Is, uh, it was the, as was prophesied back in Second Kings, it said, The king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of the court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food wine from the king's table, and they were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. And as I remember, as Hayden Porter taught this lesson, 
to our small church and to me as a junior high kid. Um, I remember him talking about these guys were like teenagers, okay, just a few years older than I am, maybe a few years younger than you. And they were ripped out from their families. And I remember Hayden saying, imagine if you will, if you were ripped away from your family, sent to another land as a young teenager, and, uh, and also put into a place where there was just immense wealth. And here was a table of, like a smorgasbord table full of food that you could eat. And you were told that you should eat this. And uh, here, first of all, here were these, uh, these kids, and they were the cream of the crop of that time of, of Judah. And they were brought in, and Nebuchadnezzar was pretty smart because he was trying to have these born people be assimilated into his culture. And uh, uh, as Hayden was telling the message and, and learning about that they were teenagers, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm listening. And... Uh, he also uh, came to the point that he said, okay, what would you do in that situation? And how would you rationalize? Would you say, well, my God abandoned me and, uh, and I was taken away from my parents. Why should I even serve this God? Or he might have said, wow, I'm free. I'm, my parents aren't around. I can do whatever you want. And maybe they thought, well, when in Rome, do as the Romans. Or maybe they thought, maybe just this once. Or maybe I'll, I'll take part of that food and... Uh, and I'll, I'll really be serving God in my heart, but I, I'll just do this because otherwise I may get killed. And, and probably they would have either gotten killed or at the very least uh, probably thrown out of the program as slaves. And so this was quite a turning point for them. And it comes to the verse that I want to talk about, and that is, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission to defile himself in this way. And Hayden Porter challenged us as a church and as individuals, dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone. And as a, as a junior high student, probably pretty flaky, um, I, think, I don't think I was a terribly naughty boy, but I was quite active, and, and I've been told later I was probably a little bit disruptive. Um, it was a time when I, I think I had if ADD would have been back then, I would have been diagnosed with it and probably given sublethal doses of Ritalin. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, he took an interest to in me and I listened and I took that to heart. And from then on through junior high and, and high school, well, I wasn't a perfect uh, high school student and sin just like others, I was able to escape some of the more painful things like drugs and alcohol and sex without marriage, and, uh, and it was a lot because of the, the challenges that, that Hayden gave to me at that time. Uh, I went away to college, to MSU, like uh, Kyle had mentioned, and uh, I, with the full intention of serving the Lord here and, and daring to be a Daniel. And during that first week in orientation, at that time at Montana State, I doubt if they do this now, but they actually encouraged you one night to go to, a, to one of the Christian groups in your church in the, in the town here. And uh, so I did. I went down to one of the popular Christian groups, excited about being part of it. And I've never been felt more on the outside of a group in my life. You know, I wanted to get in. I, like, I'm, I was popular in high school. Why don't people like me? And, and I tried to, to get in, and it was just a quite miserable night. And uh, 
And I don't blame them for what happened afterwards because it was a turning point, but in a way I do. And I learned from that to always try to be welcoming and gracious in whatever situation I was in. And, uh, but uh, then the next night, they had, we had the option to go into a fraternity rush. And I thought, okay, I'll go there. So I went to the fraternity rush, and one fraternity made me feel like I was a king. So here I was feeling like a king on one place, and the other night with a... With the Christians, I felt like I was on the outside, and it was. Uh, um, and I don't blame the turning point here only on myself because of my immaturity, wanting to find significance, um, and not depending on the Lord. Now I could have, even in the fraternity, resolved to to follow the Lord or purpose in my heart, um, and in a way I did because I made some good friends in the fraternity, but uh, and they knew that I was a believer but it could have been so much more. And I regret those four years as wasted years as following the Lord. Um, after I graduated from, uh, from Montana State, um, I drifted a little bit. I wanted to go in and be an Air Force pilot like my dad was, and uh, uh, it didn't work out. I got a job down at the Trident Cement Plant and uh, got into the chemical lab there and, and testing, and, um, and things were going pretty well. I, uh, had the promises of moving up in the, in the company. But I just didn't feel, I felt there was something missing. And finally, I remember vividly getting down on my knees one night in, my, in the basement of my parents' house, and I prayed, probably the first time that I'd really prayed seriously in a year. I know that's not good, but I, it was the case. And I asked the Lord to, uh, to take over my life. I said, you know, I've tried it on my own, and... Uh, and things haven't worked out really great. I'm, and I confess that I would be willing to stay in, and work at Trident Cement Plant for the rest of my life if that's what the Lord wanted. But I felt that he had something else. And I said, I'm ready to listen now. And it was, to me, it was miraculous. Because two days later, a guy that had worked for my father was a professor in parasitology at the University, University of Illinois. And he says, I have a, a, an assistantship available for you if you apply and are accepted to the university. And I did, and it was like falling off a rock. Sometimes it's hard to get into graduate schools, but God had paved the way. It was just so easy. And when I went to Illinois, I was able to uh, study on, under some renowned researchers and, and professors in my field. And, but even more important, I got involved with an intervarsity, a graduate student intervarsity group. And the first Bible study I went to, we studied Daniel. And it was like a confirmation. And uh, and probably three of the better years of my life as I was involved with the InterVarsity group and had made some great friends. We had a great group, and some of them are still lifelong friends. And uh, um, I also met the love of my life, Sheila, and uh, who's been um, a pillar for me. And uh, so uh, we came back to Montana, and and even after this, Bible college graduates influenced my life. First of all, when we first came back as, as um, a young couple, um, we got involved at Dry Creek Church again. It was still fairly small, but it was starting to grow. And Monty Case Bolt, who has taught at the Bible college sometimes, pastor over at Livingston, was our interim pastor for one summer. And then uh, as Pastor Alvin House took a summer off, and then the next year, as the church was continually to grow, we, we hired our first full-time pastor. And he was a, a pastor from Montana Institute of the Bible, 
a predecessor of um, Montana Bible College, and uh, um, and the church really started to grow. We became really involved, and Ben Ben Cross was the pastor, and he uh, he was uh, influential in my life and in my wife's life, and uh, was a mentor, colleague, friend, and uh, as things come full circle, um, right now. Uh, I've gotten to know many of the people from Montana Institute of the Bible over the years, and they've just been great witnesses and, and examples in, in the community and in the state and in my life. And right now, uh, um, Jim Carlson and Arlen Tossley are, are pastor, co-pastors out at Dry Creek and, and, again, influencing my life, and I'm just so thankful for that. Uh, as Kyle said, I've been a potato grower for... Uh, for 42 years now, and uh, um, I started when I was really young, and uh, um, I like to run. I like to run marathons, even at my age, and uh, that's kind of my passion, and uh, I still working and serving in Dry Creek Church in a simple way, and as God is blessing, and it's, you know, probably st- it's getting through a little earlier than and he said that was okay, but uh, some of the takeaways maybe uh, just thinking of purposing in your heart to follow God. And that's where, instead of like the flies having uh, uh, being destroyed by their transitory joy, um, following Jesus. And I, I'm not naive enough to think that you're Bible college students, so you, aren't, you don't go through any of the temptations. Actually, you probably go through more temptations because you're in the firing, firing line of, of and, and you're wanting to serve God in the day. Satan does not want that to happen. And uh, so I encourage you to make the decisions of purposing in your heart, thinking ahead. As the word said, purpose, it's, like, it's not like just quickly thinking of it. It's like being committed, intentional, having it rehearsed, uh, making those decisions ahead of time. Um, and I can guarantee that you'll have a joyous life. Um, your temptations may not come in some of the typical ways, like maybe drugs or alcohol, but can come in many ways like integrity, purity, personal relationships. But I just, one thing, um, encourage you to follow Jesus. And uh, the second thing is, is part of my experience is try to be welcoming and gracious to all. Don't have cliques. Uh, when people come into the group, whether it's a Bible college or if you're in business or wherever, Go out and give them a hug, welcome them in, and, uh, and make them feel like um, you like them and, uh, and want them to be part of you. And the third thing is, um, maybe even the most important, is you, you, are, you will make an impact. Just as Bible college graduates have made an impact, as their sphere has intersected with the sphere of my life, so is the same as yours. And always remember that young people are listening. And as you invest in their lives, whether as pastors or as Sunday school teachers or even mentors, wherever you are, that uh, as you invest in a young person's life, even a flaky junior high kid, um, they will listen to you. And as you tell them what God's story is and and tell about the the gospel, um, you can have an impact on their lives and impact their sphere for the rest of their lives. And uh, with that, I'd like to close and just close in prayer. Dear Jesus, I just thank you for 
each person here. And I pray that you will just especially bless them and give them a tremendous joy in the year ahead that uh, as they serve you, that they will, uh, they will just have tremendous blessings and, and joy. And uh, just thank you for this school, Lord, and, and uh, just the impact that it's had on me and, uh, and my wife. And just uh, thank you for that. And, and we love the people that we know here and hope to get more, Lord. And, and uh, we just pray that uh, you will guide each person here this day and keep them safe and uh, away from Satan's arrows. In your name I pray, amen.